mother tell me how it was when you were young Was the world so very old when your life had just begun Oh, grandfather, tell me, is it true you worked the land And the tools that you used you made with your own hands Before time was only money and machines made man a slave Was the world all milk and honey before all the streets were paved Grandson, I'll tell you truly how it was when I was young The world was full of wonder in my first days under the sun Before time was only money and machines made man a slave The world was milk and honey before all the streets were paved Machines make you a slave And taste the milk and honey Before all the streets are paved Yeah, there's more to time than money More to treasure than to save I Taste the milk and honey Before all the streets Permaculture on Katie and K Community Radio. I am Kenna Crampton sitting in for Stephanie Sison this afternoon. I have Jerome Ostentowski here with me, and um, we're going to talk about crimpy. So, Jerome, how are you doing? Great. Uh, we've had a, a great spring and summer, and um, we're looking forward to the winter. We're uh, Right now, we're just winterizing the greenhouses and the forest garden, bringing in trailer loads of leaves and spreading them. And the bulk of what we wanted to talk about is a new project I'm launching um, in the valley. It's something I wanted to do is how do I scale up crimpy? Because we were pretty maxed out as far as what we can plant and what we can do there. And um, I've been uh, talking with uh, David Parker from the Parker Ranch, who I've known the family for about 30 years now. I've, we used to do our press fest down there and worked with uh, the, the um, Heritage Fruit Tree Preservation Project. Michael and I started uh, that all kind of started right there on Jenny Parker's old orchard. Mm-hmm. And there are still trees there mm-hmm. that we graft and, and uh, you know eat the fruit from. And um, David is willing to lease me three acres to start a farm project there. And uh, so we're going to have him on talking a little bit about um, what, what that involves. And uh, well, I just did a mind map of what the whole, 
the whole concept is of of the tree farm and and how it's going to be different than other farms in the valley. Mm-hmm. And so it really actually it'll, the mothership is crimpy, and um, it's basically just a, a sloping north sloping field that slopes gently to the north. And there's water there, and there's a pond that needs re- redoing. And there's, they've done some agriculture there, but mostly it's been in hay. But there was one year of uh, organic produce and, and and some hemp growing there. And I'm taking that over to rebuild the soil, rebuild the soil, and uh, set up a series of different things, which is agroforestry model, which is alley cropping. So a lot of it would be perennial agriculture, mixed with annual agriculture. So we'll do okay. rows of nitrogen-fixing trees and fruit trees on the contour and with, alley, with alleys in between. And we can be doing different kinds of perennial crops or annual crops in between that. We also want to set up a, a cider orchard. Uh, so we would have, again, with using alleys. And then we would have a, a, maybe a 20 different kinds of cider apples. Okay. Uh, some of them could be sourced from our local heritage fruit tree apples. Some of them would be coming from uh, different nurseries uh, where I can buy cyan wood, and, and some of them would just be gleaned from the apples that fall on the ground. And I'm going to be working either with, um, with the, uh, the local distillery here. Or, uh, Marble Distillery? Or? Yes, okay. yes. Or, or the Reedy Creek Distillery. We've already okay. talked to them mm-hmm. about that years ago. But um, that's just another um, component of the farm. And it would be more you know, so that we could actually make some money. Also be doing a vineyard okay. in, in this same format in between the alleys. And, and will you press the apples there at the farm? No, or? we would okay. take them to a distillery. Oh, so the distillery would be pressing them for you. Right. I okay, visit a really interesting farm in uh, in uh, Port Townsend that had this amazing distillery. I sent you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have geese under apples, and then they have a distillery, and they sell it. They have a cider on tap. They sell it in okay. by the bottles, and... Uh, and then there's a pizza out in there, and there's a restaurant. So there's lots okay. of different possibilities with that. And then, um, but this would all be a backdrop for a farm school. Okay. So we get a lot of wolfers, and uh, we had wolfers every week this this summer, mostly young women who are coming to learn about agriculture and permaculture. They volunteer for a weekend or two weeks or a month. Uh, and we and we have some that come on a regular basis, okay. so we would expand our wolfing uh, project to have people come and and it would be uh, you know in a year or so it would be uh, uh, we would have six month internships programs. What what is wolfing? Wolfing is willing workers on organic farms. Okay, and it's an international group. Uh, they. You sign up as a farm uh, host, and then you get all of these young people who want to learn farming, and they provide the labor, and the, you put them to work on different projects. It's, hmm. And uh, that's a great way to get – with COVID now, there's no way to hire anybody anyway. So mm-hmm. we've been actually – being on, well, we've been getting volunteers for and interns for 30 years now but mm-hmm. or more. But, so this would be an agroforestry school. Um, 
and it could also, you know, it also be tie in the eco farm, eco ecotourism, mm-hmm. uh, and all that. And then, so we have a on the right on the left side of our uh, farm score, we have all the contributors like the NRCS and CM. CMC, they could benefit from the farm school because they're starting a new program in ecological uh, restoration. So they could use this uh, farm as a campus uh, or a living laboratory. So basically a a farm is a living laboratory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think people don't take advantage of that. you You know, you can't learn agriculture at the university, you know, in bricks and mortar. You have to be out on the farm doing it, learning it, learning, experimenting. So that's the sort of, um, we have Pitkin County, where we'd like to network with Pitkin County, the town of Basalt, Sustainable Settings, the Farm Collaborative, Wild Mountain Seeds, we've already, you know, we could do some grow out for them. Um, and uh, Rock Bottom Ranch is just down the road, so we'll, you know, we've been working with, um, with them over the years. We've trained several of their growers uh, over the years. So basically, we could be training farmers for some of these other nonprofits that do agriculture. Yeah, that's great. They train some farmers, but they don't. that's not their main focus. And on the right side, we have all the places, a dozen places where all the food goes. Mm-hmm. Some of it uh, goes to restaurants. Uh, some of it would go to food banks. Some of it would go to a CSA. It could be pick your own. Uh, it could be a basalt mountain, mountain basalt farmers market, uh, school cafeterias, uh, restaurants. We already have a couple of restaurant accounts that we uh, do in the summer. Uh, uh, the um, eight eight seven oh nine seven eight oh nine and um, uh, uh, Bosque. So we already have. And we do have some caterers who come mm-hmm. and buy stuff from us. I kind of come, come up with this concept of catch of the day. And so whatever is in the garden that day, you know, yeah. or if it's <laughs> spring, we have lovage outside, nettles, spring garlic. So that's what they're going to use in their menu. So, um, and then we also contract. And then we have, um, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about when, when, um, when Josie comes on is uh, the food truck. Now, she okay. wants to do um, catering and uh, do food processing, and uh, she's interested in uh, helping us get a food truck together. So I'm looking at, um, we do have a difficulty of getting the produce from the farm into some venues, like, you know, We've got plenty $50 entrees, right, mm-hmm. in the yeah. valley. <laughs> but that doesn't cut it for the average person who wants to eat. So yeah. let's talk about okay. tacos off a food truck. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, you know, soups, um, omelets that I make, uh, seven-grain cereal that you could pick up on a food truck instead mm-hmm. of eating a croissant. You're eating a seven-grain cereal. Oh, and my special smoothie that has 20 different things in it. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, so we'd have a food truck. Let's say we have ten food trucks in the valley. Yeah, that's and they'd be great. all getting their food from organic farms, this one and other ones. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you, you pull into Catherine's store on your way to work, and uh, you pick up something good to eat. <laughs> all right, for yeah. lunch. You don't yeah. have to go to the Seven Eleven to get it. 
So these, you're going to think outside the box if you're really going to get food to the people who really need it. Yeah, yeah, instead of... And we're not thinking outside the box. Yeah. Know? We're just in this little thing of high-end and, uh, you know, all the all the local restaurants are shutting down, all the, mm-hmm. the really in, inexpensive ones that local people can actually eat. Yeah. It was just a great article in, in the Aspen Times about there are no local eateries, or very few anymore, mm-hmm. because they're being forced out by high rents or... Or they're just giving up the ghost. But so, yeah. um, you know, when you're in Mexico, you don't you don't go to you don't always have to go to restaurants, but you just eat street food, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's always good, you know. Yeah. It's generally generally always good. So, and we could have a CSA as part of this thing. So, so that's kind of the overview. And um, and we're going to start small. We have uh, you know we don't have a lot of overhead. I I've always done everything on a shoestring, mm-hmm. um, and I've always made it work. So and uh, it's a little late in my life to be doing something like this, but uh, at 80, I don't really, uh, I shouldn't be starting another project like this, but it seems to be a, a natural uh, thing to do from, because we want to turn Crimpy over to the next generation, mm-hmm. and this would give them some, uh, a larger scale uh, and they would be able to make more income from a farm than they would from from crimpy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, let's do David Call. Thanks, David, for coming on. Um, we'll just, uh, we've had a long history of crimpy and and the Parker Ranch. I've known your mother, and we did the food fest, the fruit fests out there, the I remember we took this one photo of the kids putting apples in the press, and you were behind them juggling apples. Uh, that's right. That's I learned how to juggle there in the apple orchard. Yeah, and then the right size. And now uh, we we uh, Peter Bain wrote a great article about that that scene, and it's called "Every Tree Has a Story." And that that one of the trees is so amazing is the one on the corner there that that huge, probably a hundred and fifty year old. Rome apple that's on the corner right there on that uh, old orchard. But um, we want to talk a little bit about the opportunity of of you leasing the three acres um, to do this experimental farm and community farm, farm school. Um, and I'm excited. I think we've got some interesting ideas and we're lining up uh, people and, and supporters and um, uh, most of the farm is in hay, right? Well, so it was a part of a bigger parcel, and it was the back end of the parcel that didn't really give me a whole lot of hay bale. So I didn't do a whole lot of that. And about three years ago, uh, I met a guy who was very into organic farming, and uh, his name is Blake, and he uh, <clears throat> leased the couple acres there and uh, started a company called Growing Tall. And you might have seen him in a bunch of the farmers' markets and stuff like that. And he ran it for a couple of years. But uh, last year he decided that the economics of living in the valley weren't quite what he needed, so he moved to Florida. So it's kind of sat fallow all this year. And I thought, well, uh, I ran into Jerome, you, there at the uh, Potato Days, I guess it was, in Carbondale. And uh, we got to talking to see if maybe we could do something with that, with that parcel of land. Yeah, and then I came out and got some pigeons. Uh, I made a perma trip out there, and he was looking for more pigeons, and I was able to catch them in your barn. And then we walked the field, and 
and then we've just been kind of thinking and talking about it, and um, um, it's uh, this whole plan is kind of developing. Uh, uh, we could see where it goes. Uh, I uh, I think it has a lot of opportunity to uh, to to build soils and to do some innovative alley cropping, uh, maybe some, you know, the uh, cider orchard, some, uh, maybe a little vineyard. Uh, I'd like to teach these, you know, teach some of this, uh, you know, apple growing to our students and use the, use the farm as a, as a backdrop for our farm school. Um, so we get another right. well, u- use out of everything, you know. Yeah, so we've just thrown around a lot of ideas there. Like I said, I'd like to, uh, you know, do something productive with the land. The the good part of this is the uh, strength is that, uh, you know, I never really made that much uh, uh, money off the hay on that corner of the land. Uh, so the land, basically, we can uh, lease to uh, your organization or figure out some co-lease thing for basically the cost of the taxes, which are pretty... Uh, Pretty cheap. And by the way, that part of the land is part of an agricultural easement through Picking County, um, held by uh, Aspen Valley Land Trust, I guess. And um, but uh, kind of the bad part is, is as time goes by, it seems like we're getting less and less water in our ditches. And I just wanted to make sure that we could have a plan to deal with. Uh, you know, uh, it used to be the water would run great all the way till pretty much October, and now it seems like uh, the ditches are getting thinner and thinner, less water coming down our way. Which I guess is a common theme throughout the entire Colorado West. Well, I think we talked about that. I think that we, uh, with with agroforestry, you use less water, and um, we can store water. We can um, hopefully we can get some funding to to redevelop that pond, put a new liner in there, and store the water we need during uh, the later part of the year. And we're you know we're going to use drip and. So, you know, with perennial crops, you don't use as much water. You use a lot more mulch. And so the idea is that that's one of the things that we want to teach and promote is water conservation. And there's funding to do that. So um, there's the Colorado River District that I'm talking with, and they're interested in helping maybe fund something that would be a demonstration for just exactly the conditions that everybody's going to be uh, up against. And when you think about, you know, Ruda Reservoir, it's being drained so drastically right now. And I have two keel boats up there, and I don't even know if you're going to be able to sail next year or maybe more than one or two months. So everybody's being hit with uh, water shortages unless, you know, unless we get turned around for one or two years. But we're in a hundred-year drought, so... I would say that we're probably not going to, um, you know, get out of this that easily. So we have to adapt and and be innovative. Exactly. Uh, and uh, like I said, we do have a little pond there it's on the property that uh, was dug with the, the previous farmer guy. And uh, he had actually a solar panel that, that uh, services a small drip uh, pond uh, a pump and uh, did the— his vegetables, which he grew, and it worked pretty well, I think. But uh, yeah, the the pond would need to be a little bit of rehabilitation on that thing. Well, I think we can do all of that. Uh, I'm building a pond on starting on Saturday up behind my cabin, uh, and uh, so we'll we have a pond excavator, 
Um, my neighbor's going to rent me his back hose. And, uh, um, and so we're, you know, we'll have the people and the equipment and probably the funding to make this happen. All kind of grassroots. And uh, that's how good we got plenty of time, so I'm not too worried about getting it done quickly. But uh, no, we'll just uh, take it as it goes. We have all winter to do the planning and um, get ready for next spring. And if uh, we'll be building soils, mulching, uh, we also were looking for a lot of big bales, round bales of rotten hay. That's something we should put out right now for the listeners tomorrow when they hear this show. That, uh, if they have any rotten hay or spoiled hay, it can be bales, it can be round bales, it can be square bales. I love the round bales, but um, we'll take anything, and we can build soils with those. We, we're actually probably not going to turn the soil. We're either going to use tarps to suppress the weeds and, and then uh, just add organic matter to the top. Carbon farming is what we do. Uh, right. Wood chips, rotten hay. Uh, maybe we'll rip it if we need to to break up a hard pan, but I'm not into turning the soil and bringing up our weed seed. And there's some great alfalfa on that land already, so uh, we've already have some soil builders right there. You know, the alfalfa is uh, fixing nitrogen and it's digging down deep, and it's um, so I think it. Uh, yeah, I think it's exciting to. Um, to have this opportunity, and I appreciate um, because I I'm already maxed uh, with anything I'm growing up at Crimpy. I, I mean, I can do do a few more varieties things, but I I would love to experiment with some of these uh, concepts on a on a much larger scale. Not that large, but just bigger. You know, half an acre of this or one acre of that, and uh, use that as a backdrop for teaching agroforestry and right and it's got kind of a nice advantage for uh, a teaching environment because we're kind of in the 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 right there in the corner of emma where it's uh, uh, a lot easier to get to than probably up to your place exactly yeah visible for a lot of people that uh, like to hike and bike around there and and also hike up nancy's path which is a pickton county open space and trail so we'll be right by there and And, uh, yeah people would be able to uh Come and see what's going on and hopefully volunteer or give us some good ideas or some funding or whatever. And we're right next to Rock Bottom Ranch and, and, and um, uh, uh, the um, Kaufman uh, right over from the schoolhouse there. Uh, so we're close to, uh, to two farms there and also uh, right next to Primal Meats. So um, there are some, a lot of opportunities to get some organic matter from them as well. And uh, I helped them out with uh, composting their manure. So uh, we could get some of their manure uh, from their cattle over there to help build soils as well. So I think, um, yeah, and it's just a great out-of-the-way quiet place um, and tucked away back in there uh we're not going to be bothering anybody, <laughs> or we're not right. going to be unsightly, you know, because you know, people don't like to see farms sometimes, and, and we're, you know, it's tucked away back in there. Nobody can see you from there, right? Uh, we're not on the road. We don't. You know, if we put a couple of hoop houses up, nobody's going to complain. I don't think. Right, and we do have a lot of elk. It's, it's nice to keep. Uh, like I said, this year I had a little issue with my. Uh, 
tractor, so I didn't get my second cutting and uh, bailed up and as well as I would like to as uh, my tractor is being repaired. But uh, there's a lot of elk, and I'm happy to feed the elk uh, every every night. It seems like we get pretty nice herds of uh, deer and elk there in Emma, which we're happy to see and happy to keep supporting. Right. We'll just have to steer them around the farm. Right. <coughs> yeah. Right. The fence. So. Well, thanks for coming on. and uh, Yeah, sounds good. Well, growing food is always a good uh, theme for uh, around Thanksgiving this week. Great. Well, thanks for your support. Thanks, Jerome. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Dave, and thank you, Jerome. This has been Living Permaculture on KDNK. Tune in on December 22nd for another episode of Living Permaculture. Thanks. When you were young, was the world so very old when your life had just begun? Father, tell me, is it true you worked the land? And the tools that you used, you made with your own hands. Before time was only money and machines made man a slave. Was the world all milk and honey before all the streets were paved? Grandson, I'll tell you truly how it was when I was young. The world was full of wonder in my first days under the sun. Before time was only money and machines made man a slave. The world was milk and honey before all the streets were paved. One thing I will tell you, 